Chapter 25, Yahweh's Truly Special Sabbath, Part B, Sabbath Blessings. After reading Isaiah 56, verse 45, let's go on to read chapters 58, verses 13 through 14. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, that is, doing our own thing, from doing your pleasure or will on my sanctified day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the set-apart day of Yahweh honorable, and, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, that is, business and things, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in Yahweh, and I will cause you to ride high on the hills of the earth, and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of Yahweh has spoken. I can personally attest to the blessings mentioned in those scriptures, considering how my own personal life changed radically after discovering and honoring Yahweh's true Sabbaths. To this day, it seems no matter what situation presents itself in life now, things virtually always work out in my favor. It just never ceases to amaze me, even though it has become the norm, for me at least. In fact, things working out so well makes me feel like Daddy's pet. But I certainly know it's not my own brilliance or skill responsible. I am totally undeserving of those blessings. They simply come as a result of honoring or setting apart and observing Yahweh's Sabbaths. This was, of course, after first honoring his exclusive name, Yahweh. One thinks for sure Yahweh does not lie about the blessings he promises. If you are an average person devoid of great talents and skills like me, then you, as I, should welcome and be very thankful for any and all help we can get. So speaking for myself, why in the world would I be so foolish to close the door on the greatest helper in the universe? I, for one, am infinitely grateful and definitely needful for a loving, spiritual, all-powerful and protecting father, and mother for that matter, to take care of me. How awesome to have someone bigger than us to handle the things in life we can't control. Not to mention someone who will bail us out of the foolish situations we get ourselves into. But those are the blessings Yahweh promises for simply honoring his exclusive name and special Sabbath, or anniversaries, which is betterly put. Personally, all doubts have been erased that we get the best end of this deal. I have to admit, growing up on a farm made me a bit of a workaholic, so the Sabbaths were the only guilt-free, that is, for not working days we had. That fact alone installed great love early on for those special days. Yahweh's Sabbaths were days to forget about the usual responsibilities and get together with family and friends to celebrate. After all, Yahweh's Sabbaths are called feast days. In Leviticus 23, and in celebrating with feasting was actually part of observing the command. That said, someone trying to convince me that forgetting about work, feasting, and celebrating uh, with my friends is somehow a burden or simply out of their minds. Properly kept Yahweh's Sabbaths are certainly a blessing and a joy, but it's only fair to examine the other side of the coin. We are blessed for honoring and observing them, but what does Yahweh say will happen if we don't? Well, let's look at one such scripture, and there are many, where Yahweh tells us how he feels in that regard. Ezekiel 20, verse 21 says, Notwithstanding the children rebelled against me, they did not walk in my statutes and were not careful to observe my judgments, which, if a man does, he shall live by them. But they profaned my Sabbaths. Then I said, I will pour out my fury on them and fulfill my anger against them in the wilderness. Wow. If you ask me, this does not sound like the kind of relationship we would want to have with the most powerful being in the universe. Unfortunately, the Western Israelite nations, especially in the U.S., 
are shortly to reap and are already beginning to reap the consequences of our national sins, including dishonoring his Sabbath, not to mention the murder of millions of our babies. Yahweh is so patient, it's astonishing. But historically speaking, when a nation morally de degrades to sacrificing or aborting its children and promoting sodomy, they have tried his patience to the max. Actually, the evil ones know they can destroy a nation and people simply with the destruction of the heterosexual family and morality. Homosexuality is what Yahweh calls an abomination in Leviticus 18.22. And it is a death knell of a nation, no matter how powerful it is. Think Sodom and Gomorrah. Considering the soon coming consequences of our immoral behavior, in what spiritual standing or relationship do we wish to be found with our Creator, that is, when He's forced to allow our national and natural enemies to have their way with us, that is, to bring us back to Him? With that in mind, and if you've been in love with someone, you know we tend to love the things that are important to him or her. When Yeshua was asked what the great commandment in the law was, he quoted De Deuteronomy 6.5, You shall love Yahweh your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Again, how can we say we love our Creator while hating the things He loves? Honestly, it's impossible. But if we are among the few that do love their Creator and His special times or Sabbaths, we understand just how much it matters to Him, and just how and when we observe them. Unfortunately, the rabbis or the Jews believe they had or have the right to change them into days they determine. For instance, a noted rabbi, Hillel II, decided it was not good for a weekly and an annual Sabbath to fall back to back as they naturally do sometimes. His reasoning was, without a non-Sabbath preceding each Sabbath for preparation, it would require people to have to work on a Sabbath to prepare food and other related issues for the next Sabbath. So he set up a calendar which used postponements to ensure back-to-back -back Sabbaths could not happen. The problem is, his postponements invariably caused the annual Sabbaths to fall on other days than the days Yahweh decreed. Actually, Hillel wasn't the first person to make such radical changes to Yahweh's exclusive times. The Israelite king Jeroboam, who split Israel from Judah a thousand years earlier, also made radical changes to the timing of Yahweh's feasts. For that action, he was thoroughly chastised by Yahweh through his prophets. Unfortunately, virtually all of the major Christian cults have retained Jeroboam and Hillel's attitudes that Yahweh set apart times are not important and they can observe his feasts or Sabbaths at any time they choose, if at all. Are we really to believe Yahweh doesn't have an important reason for the exact timing of his special days like an anniversary? After all, Look at how hurtful it is for our mate to forget our special anniversary days. If our anniversaries are important to us, just how much more important are the timing of our Creator's special memorial days? Well, with that in mind, is it really okay to forget or even worse, change our Creator's special anniversary days at will? If we're foolish enough to believe that, how is it we're told in Revelation that Things were planned like his son's sacrifice before the world was. That's Revelation 13.8. Not understanding the subtle nuances and implications for the setting of Yahweh's special days certainly does not constitute justification for manipulating them at will. For example, let's say a general establishes a battle plan, but his subordinates decide they know better and they change the timing of the battle plans. 
Will the general be okay with their unauthorized change? No, not only would such foolish indiscretion likely cost them the battle, but would likely result in a court-martial those, for those insubordinates, even a possible execution. With that in mind, Yahweh Sabbaths far outweigh any human initiatives and have extremely important meanings as events for which the timing is crucial, such as the timing and slaughtering of the lambs in the Passover ceremony. In order to recognize the person the lamb symbolized, this person or Messiah would have to have been killed exactly at the same time the lambs were instructed to be slaughtered. Remember, this was all planned before the world was. The timing was one of the greatest signs revealing the true Messiah. If he had been killed at any other time than mid-afternoon of the 14th day, as the lamb, that was when the lamb was commanded to be killed, he would not have been the true Messiah. One big problem most have with counting and observing Yahweh's feast correctly is due to our modern or pagan calendars created by Julius Caesar. Genesis 1.14 tells us the sun and the moon were to be for signs and seasons, that is, moeds, meaning Sabbaths and or feasts, and for days and years. Yahweh put the sun and moon in heavens to be our calendar, not human calculations dedicated to pagan gods. In Exodus 12, just before the spring barley harvest, which is in March and April, Yahweh explained the Passover, the institution of the festival, to Moses, telling him to call that month the first month of the year. Of course, the word month is a modern anglicized word for moon. It's the cycle of the moon that dictates the months. But, first, but to first find the first month, we also need the sun to show us the correct season to initiate the count. To that end, there are two seasons or turns dictated by the sun's travel, which the pagans called equinoxes. The turn is when the day and the night become equal in length. The first turn begins the beginning of the spring and the second the beginning of the fall. In the time of ancient Israel, the priests were instructed to bring a sheaf of barley with green heads or ears for the wave sheaf celebration, which is part of Passover. If the barley was not ready on the 14th day of the first month after the spring turn, they were authorized by Yahweh to bump Passover to the next month. This is the only biblical authorization by Yahweh to move his feasts. Now that there is no temple or the wave sheaf to be performed, the green ears or a bib of barley can no longer influence the beginning of the year. Now as before the temple rituals were instituted, the spring turn of the sun dictates the first month of the year.